Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to GNAC Insider, the show that takes you inside the great Northwest Athletic Conference. Hear from student athletes, coaches, and administrators from one of the premier conferences in Division II. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. From Ellensburg, Washington to Billings, Montana, and from Fairbanks, Alaska to wherever you may be listening tonight, including as far away as Tallahassee, Florida. Welcome to GNAC Insider, your weekly look at the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. I'm Robert Lowry, your host, and certainly glad to have you along this evening. Keith Champagne, the Vice Chancellor for Student Affairs and Athletics, will join us a little bit later tonight here on GNAC Insider. We're also going to be joined a little bit later this evening by two track and field standouts, Daniel Calderon-Hernandez from Central Washington University, and Kyle McLaughlin from Montana State Billings. But they're going to be talking not about their sports, but about a couple of projects they are involved in in and around the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. And to lead off tonight's Great Northwest Athletic Conference, GNAC Insider, it is my honor to be joined now by the ACC Supervisor of Women's Basketball Officials. Debbie Williamson is joining us tonight from down in Tallahassee, Florida. And Debbie, one of the reasons we wanted to have you on tonight, it's Officiating Appreciation Week across Division Two. And as I mentioned, you are the ACC Supervisor of Women's Basketball Officials, but you have a, a very, very impressive pedigree. Chair of the Board of the National Association of Sports Officials, which takes into account, as I understand it, all levels of amateur athletics, and you're for the former NCAA Women's Coordinator of Officials and the Secretary Rules Editor of the Rule Book. I'll tell you one thing, that is a very, very impressive Vita. Thanks for joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. You're very welcome. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Well, okay, let's talk a little bit about you. And I want to talk about this project you're involved in. But as I mentioned, you have a a very, very significant career uh, under your belt already in officiating. What point in your life did you say, "Mm, officiating may be for me, and what lured you into that that area? Well, I had played at Louisiana Tech in the 80s and uh, came up under the tutelage of Leon Barmore, Gary Blair, who is at Tech, the head coach of Texas A&M, and Miss Hogue, and we had gone to four Final Fours. So I had a rich – and had some really good high school coaches as well. And um, I had left after my eligibility was up and spent five years as a Division One assistant. And then um, I decided to back away from that to have a family. And, and because back then we didn't have cell phones, we – 
you know, once you left home, you didn't hear from anybody, you didn't see anybody, and you didn't hear from anybody. And there were not the recruiting calendars there are today. So I chose to come off the road and and, um, have children. My husband and I had three children. And during that time, I thought, you know, I'm going to homeschool these kids and and really invest. And I felt like that God had called me to be a mom. And that was the highest calling. And uh, but I missed basketball. And um, I did school the kids at home for eight years. And uh, before they ended up going to high school, And during that time, I earned a doctorate because I thought I'll just go teach wherever my husband works because he's in in college athletics, and he would never hire me to be a coach for him. Um, (laughs) And during that time, I was just really missing the game. And um, he had refereed. When we married, he had been refereeing for six years. And, of course, I was a coach, and I wouldn't wash his uniforms. I wouldn't talk to him when he had his on. And, you know, I just – I just couldn't stand referees. and uh, But I was missing the game. I was desperate to be on the floor. And um, refereeing was the only way to allow that I could have the flexibility I needed to be what I needed to be for my family and to get my basketball fix. So I just walked into a room of um, older men at a middle school meeting, and uh, they put gave me a whistle, bought a shirt, stepped on the floor, and it was all over. Uh, I just – I just – Loved it. I absolutely loved being back on the floor and yet not being obligated to 20-hour days and wondering what recruits were doing. Yeah. So that's kind of how I got started you know, on the referee side. And you have gone well beyond that. Now, I, I know that people listening to GNAC Insider tonight may not be aware of this, but I understand there is just a serious decline in officials, especially younger officials, primarily at the high school level, I guess, where the need is critical. So you have helped develop a program. It was your brainchild called Player to Referee. Talk a little bit about that Player to Referee program you've created. And it looks to me, or it sounds to me, I should say, that it is based to a certain extent on your own personal experience. Is that true? Yes, pretty much. That's really what it, what it came down to. I, um, I had felt like whenever I was done coaching and um, really left coaching to write the rules and uh, uh, left coaching to write the rule book for the NCAA, I realized I didn't know what I didn't know. In fact, I wrote an article at that time called I Didn't Know What I Didn't Know so that I could save other coaches from technical the technical fouls that I got. <laughs> But all along, I felt like that, you know, I did bring something to the floor that a lot of referees didn't have in that as a former player, you know, I knew what coaches were talking about when they were calling plays. And and I was here on the floor and thinking, I got treated like a rookie. I didn't start till my mid-30s refereeing, and, um, or late 30s, I should say. And, and I just felt like I had something to bring to that game that didn't take a 20-year officiating experience. I was a player. Now, why that didn't just buy me an immediate ticket to a big schedule, uh, it did give me, you know, an inside track on on just the game itself. I understood when people wanted to call a timeout. I understood what the flow was. I could talk to players. I could track on scores and foul counts. And not that, I mean, for a, for a positive reason. Uh, I just had a sense and an awareness of the game. And I feel like players do. I mean, you just don't spend four years in practice 
and 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 not have really an off season because there's not one, and not bring that to the floor when you put stripes on. So I thought, you know, why don't we just go out and recruit players? Because what we know from the um, 17,000 plus responses on the uh, National Association Sport Official Survey is that, you know, a majority of people came into this business because someone asked them to. So why don't we ask players? I mean, who who else are we going to ask, you know? Uh, players are used to, and I'm speaking from experience, we're used to getting yelled at. We're used to running up and down the floor and getting yelled at. Uh, and I told a group of players today on one of my school visits, listen, when you hang this jersey up, there are only 13 people on the floor. The only way you're getting back out here is to wear stripes. And they all laugh about it. Uh, and then it gets really quiet really quickly. And, and I, I explained to them, I'm serious. I am one. And, and a lot of our people are coming in from the player ranks. So we make the pitch. And, um, and then I decided the best place to do it is just to get about 10 people together and um, see if we could get an inside track at a, um, at a camp, a team camp, where they had already assigned two officials to be on the floor. And we would just throw one of our rookies out there and see, let them test the waters. And DePaul University, Villanova University, St. John's University have all welcomed us uh, to run this program. And I basically bring them in, feed them. That always works. They're all college students. Uh, <laughs> feed them. Uh, give them. I give them a shirt. I give them a Fox 40 whistle, the best whistle in the country, in the world. And... Um, I tell them just bring some black shorts and any kind of shoes. And some of them are afraid to get out, but we are in the classroom for a couple hours, you know, while we're eating, talking ball and rules. And then we run out on the floor and um, I can sub them in and out because it's not like some big AAU event. It's a very non-threatening environment and they are hooked. I mean, it just, sometimes we have to remind them to put the whistle in their mouth because they're not used to running with a whistle in their mouth. Um, but it's the it's my favorite thing to do in the summer is to run a player to ref camp. It it is the most re- one of the most rewarding things I get to do all year. Roughly, and, and you may not have a number, but how many uh, prospective officials have you worked with that have then gone on and, and moved in at least to uh, the beginning of uh, what we hope will be a, a long career. Oh, you know, I don't remember that number. I know that we're over 60 in the last four years, uh, 60 participants. And, I, gosh, I'm sorry. I should be more prepared than this. Um, <laughs> I, I remember thinking I won't live long enough to watch watch these people referee for me, and that's not true. I, I know for a fact that I have five in Division One already. Uh, working for me directly, and there are others working for other people at the college ranks. Um, you know, I, I I can't even honestly say, but it's we could be pushing twenty, fifteen to twenty. That's so a significant number. Of the pool, but you know, that's way more than I ever expected, honestly. And did you see in these players who have now transitioned to officials? the same love for the game and wanting to be back on the floor and to want to give back to the, the sport that they love so much? Yeah, I do. I do. Cause just, just for them to have enough guts to show up 
and try to do what they've been, you know, try to referee because there's just such a negative connotation to officiating. And I have people say all the time to me, oh, gosh, you, you know, you guys have such a hard job. And, um, you know, and I look at them, coaches are saying this to me most of the time. And I'm like, no, you guys have a hard job. We get to run away from you. And, uh, and we laugh about it. But when they uh, actually got on the floor, they feel at home. But the funny thing about it is, bar none, if this is the first and, – and the, the kicker is they, can, they can't have refereed um, – poor English, I know. Uh, you can't get in camp if you've refereed more than two years. So let's just say you picked up a whistle and you did youth league or whatever. So we take them zero to two years because I don't want this to be an opportunity for somebody to get in front of me. And with nine Division One leagues, I get that sometimes, you know, where people just want to get in front uh, or get out of a higher camp fee because I charge these players $25 just to make them show up, really, just a, just a commitment because that's part of the education of this business too is the, com- the financial commitment of this. And it, it costs way more than that to get started. But, um, and I've had them fly in to do this just to be a part of this camp. But once they get on the floor, they're at home. What is really funny is how blown away they are that there were actual places where you're supposed to stand. There are actual places where you're supposed to look and, uh, and to get them to stop watching the ball. And so it becomes really, really funny because I put my full staff officials, one on each end and one uh, on the end lines and then one on the side, each sideline, and we kind of pull them along. Uh, and talk to them in their ears and try to explain some things to them and that sort of thing. And uh, and they are just amazed at what they don't know about the game they thought they knew, they knew. And so that really charges them because they're competitors anyway. And the fact that the fact that they feel like they've graduated at a, from a four-year school, played ball the whole time, and didn't know everything about the game just – is funny to them and it really energizes them to want to conquer what they don't know about this game that they love. Well, Debbie, our time together has gone by much, much too quickly. Debbie Williamson, chair of the board of the National Association of Sports Officials and the creator of the Player to Referee program. Uh, I want to, on behalf of the Great Northwest Athletic Conference, wish you a lot of success as you continue to build upon this program, it is certainly filling a need within amateur athletics that uh, without, uh, without your help and, and those who, who think along the same lines you do, certainly uh, that, that was just going to continue to decline. So thank you for being part of the solution to this problem uh, to, to keep uh, amateur athletics viable. It's, you know, we love the sport, and, and the officials play a big part of it, a big role in it, and they're very, very necessary. So I appreciate well, you making time for us tonight. Continued success. Uh, and uh, I know that you say you've got lots of travels ahead of you. So safe travels. And maybe we'll yeah. have the opportunity to speak with you again sometime here on GNAC Insider. Well, thank you. And thank you for everything that y'all are doing out there. Chris Graham at the RMAC is a big, is a big uh, proponent and a big player in this as well. So, you know, all creds go to the, Division two and three guys that are are taking this and and pushing it through on doing an awesome job recruiting. So thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Hope the Southern accent wasn't too much for y'all, but uh, I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks so much.
Thank you very much. That's Debbie Williamson tonight joining us from Tallahassee, Florida. And she kind of teed up my next guest for me, Daniel Calderon, a standout track and field athlete for the Central Washington University track and field team. But, Daniel, uh, thanks for joining us tonight on GNAC Insider. I want to talk with you about something entirely different but related to this subject of officiating. You're serving as a volunteer intern this year for the GNAC, correct? Yeah, that's right. And uh, thanks for having me on the show tonight. Happy to have you on, sir. Now, you are, as part of the, the special project you're doing for the conference, you are coordinating the GNAX player-to-referee program. You're doing the organization and executing speaking engagements by officials with, with campuses across the GNAC about careers and officiating. Talk a little bit about what that entails on your part and, and what you're hoping to see that program do this year for the, for the officials' pool. Yeah, so basically, as Debbie said, there's a up-and-coming crisis in amateur sports where we're running out of referees, particularly younger ones. And so we just want to present her program, the Player and the Referee Program, or B2R, to student athletes who may or may not have an interest in officiating. And we're hoping that as we present them this information on the benefits and the joys that comes with officiating, that they may look into it and maybe make a career out of it, or if not, just a hobby. You, you talk about officiating, and I think most of us, we go immediately to, to football or, or maybe basketball, possibly to baseball as well. But we're talking about all amateur athletics. We're talking about volleyball. We're talking about all the sports. Isn't that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Especially when it comes to track and field, the officials are completely different. You're not really watching the ball. It's basically just shooting the gun off and making sure people are inside the line. So it varies from uh, sport to sport. You, as a, as a member of the of the Wildcat track and field team, certainly are a competitor. But do you see yourself potentially getting into uh, officiating once your track and field career is over yourself? You know, uh, you never know. If the opportunity is right, and maybe I need to make a little extra income or I want to give back to the sport or I just want to do it for fun, you know, I could end up doing it maybe once or twice. And if I like it from there, you know, maybe I could get into it more, but it just really depends on the opportunity. Now, I understand that you are uh, going into the sports administration field there at Central Washington University. How is this GNAC uh, internship that you're doing, how is that going to help prepare you for your future career? Uh, I think very well. This is This project has given me a lot of hands-on experience with working with athletic administrators. I'm currently coordinating with GNAC coordinators for each uh, of their respective sports. I'm getting in touch with local officials and um, um, creating meetings with officials and head coaches to prevent information to student athletes all across the GNAC. So this is great work. I'm glad I'm doing it. I'm glad the GNAC gave me the opportunity to do it. And I think I'm getting a lot out of it. Well, it, it, no question, it, it is a needed project that, that has to be done, certainly uh, all across the country with the lack of officials we are seeing there now. When you talk to your peers on the, on the central track and field team or, or maybe just student peers there on the Ellensburg campus and you talk about officiating, is there interest among, among them to, to maybe taking a look at this and at least considering it? Yeah, there should be. I think when I talk to people at first, they just think of a referee who's getting yelled at and bombarded. But 
I think if the opportunity did present itself to certain people, I think they'd rather uh, say yes and say no because, you know, they simply have a love for the game. If you're playing basketball for four years and you get the opportunity, someone asks you, hey, would you mind refereeing for this game? I think they'd lean more towards yes and uh, than no. And then from there, after that, they referee that first game, I think then they can uh, realize how much of a connection they still have with their sport and they'll want to continue to pursue um, officiating and refereeing. I know that officiating is not coaching. I understand that. But on the other hand, do officials that you talk to who are going out and now speaking at schools as part of the, the GNAX player to referee programs or, or the student athletes who are talking to them, do they talk about wanting to give back or give to the next generation of student athletes who are, or who are the competitors? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, sports connect people in a way that a lot of other things don't. So when a, when an official referee talks to student athletes about the game, you know, immediately they have something in common and immediately they have this connection and bond. So when they talk about what's next, when they talk about refereeing, you know, it kind of like makes sense for players to become referees because as Debbie said, they have uh, the best experience with it. They have experience with it, which makes them more capable. Well, Daniel, listen, we appreciate your time here tonight on GNAC Insider. Hey, lots of success with this, with this program across the GNAC this year, and, and hopefully we will have the opportunity to maybe speak about it again before the, uh, before the end of the year and, and find out how the program that you're getting going now has worked throughout the year and, and maybe the benefits it's paying for the GNAC and, and just for amateur athletics overall. So will you come back and join us again? Absolutely. Thank you. Daniel Calderon joining us from Ellensburg tonight here on GNAC Insider. Well, we are going to turn our attention to another aspect of the Great Northwest Athletic Conference, a student-athlete advisory committee, when Kyle McLaughlin from the Montana State Billings track and field team joins us when GNAC Insider resumes right after this timeout. Central Washington University, the state's most welcoming university. The Economist magazine ranked CWU top in the state for value. And four of the last five years, Central ranked top in the state for diversity. Learn about Central Washington University's more than 135 academic programs at cwu.edu slash admissions. Or by visiting Central Washington University in Ellensburg or at one of their university centers near you. Central Washington University. Welcome to a world-class education. Welcome back to GNAC Insider, the show that takes you inside the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. And we are joined now from Billings, Montana, by Kyle McLaughlin from the Montana State Billings track and field team. But he is also just back from the Great Northwest Athletic Conference Student Athlete Advisory Committee's annual retreat which took place down in Monmouth, Oregon. Kyle, thanks for making time for us tonight here on GNAC Insider. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate you having me. Let's talk a little bit about the Student Athlete Advisory Committee. Uh, We call it SAC uh, internally, but maybe there are some people listening tonight to GNAC Insider who have never heard of SAC, the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, before. Give us just kind of a, a thumbnail of what the SAC is. Absolutely, Rob. Thank you. Uh, Student Athlete Advisory Committee, they're across all the teams here in the GNAC and uh, mainly across uh, all the divisions as well. 
And what it is is it includes members from each team as representatives, and there's an, uh, they have e-boards as well that we really decide on a lot of important stuff that goes on not only at our university, but also decisions and proposals that affect schools all across the division. So uh, we really, really try to include everybody in making decisions that count across the nation. All right, let, let's drill down just a little bit on that. What are some of the things that the, the Student Athlete Advisory Committee finds to be those important issues? Absolutely. So we actually here at Montana State University Buildings just recently finished voting on our legislation for this year. And we had some great discussions and great topics over what we were going about. And we had, we had a few proposals this year that are going to go into effect, the, whether it be next year, next June, or possibly two August from now. So what it includes is allowing schools to be eligible to have new sports such as women's wrestling. That might be a new one possibly coming up. Uh, gymnastics and tumbling, we went over that tonight. And also we go over proposals that mainly pertain to uh, – we go over quite a few things such as transferring. That's a really hot topic right now. Uh, there's quite a few things going on in the legislation that they're wanting to even things up across the divisions, whether it be D1, D2, and D3. We're making it a lot more student-athlete oriented and having it be so that student-athletes can get the most out of their experience, even if they do have to transfer colleges. So those are a few of the things this year around in the legislation that – we're a really hot topic, and I think a lot of the student-athletes have been looking for quite a few of these changes recently. So uh, I know our advisory committee was uh, very happy to see a few proposals this year, and we're excited to see some change here. And We're glad to know that SAC here at MSUB is able to make a difference, and our votes are seen across the nation. Now, as I mentioned at the top of our discussion, you're just back from the Student Athlete Advisory Committee annual retreat. I understand you had some guest speakers there, and you, you discussed uh, really a, a wide range of topics, mental health, inclusion, team building among them. What was your takeaway from the, uh, from the retreat? Absolutely, Rob. And our guest speakers were, they brought some great information in their expertise. So we had Dania Kataya, Diana Kataya, and she brought some great leadership exercises and presentations to the nine schools that showed up this weekend uh, about just promoting a, a better atmosphere on our campuses through our leadership posi positions. She taught us about creating positive and inclusive cultures for the expanding GNAC region. We were such a growing region that uh, we're, we're finding ways to make this such a better atmosphere for those new students while we grow. And then another one, like you touched on mental health, this is very important to Montana State University Billings as well as the other schools that participated this weekend. And we had Cindy Miller, Cindy Miller Aaron come and talk to us. She had some great information on ways we can utilize and improve our counseling at our universities. The um, athletes deal with a lot of high levels of physical and mental discomfort throughout their competing in college. So it's great that we're able to offer this assistance and opportunity to them to really get taken care of, not only just in the athletic training room, but also in the counseling offices. It's a really important topic right now. 
And I know Montana State University Billings, we are really pushing for it. Uh, and a lot of the other schools, they are trying to gain access to it as well as maximize their utilization of it. Well, Kyle, one final question for you. Uh, Kyle McLaughlin from the Montana State Billings Track and Field Team, but also on the GNAC Student Athlete Advisory Committee uh, for MSUB. You're a student. You're an athlete. You have many, many things going on. Why did you say, I also want to take on the role of SAC as well? Because certainly that that upped the the amount of uh, your workload by, by a little bit. Absolutely. This was a great opportunity um, for leadership. I, I at first had just joined as a representative, and I knew that they made some pretty big decisions and they were seen as leaders on campus. So I, I absolutely wanted to get behind that and just to see the amount of change that SAC can bring to not only their universities, but as well as their conference and their division. That was, that was just so appealing to me. And I, I I've, I've always wanted to be in those leadership roles and college is such a great opportunity. And even though I am a student athlete and I am very busy, it, it's great to know how to be in these leadership roles and to juggle as, you know, more than what most usually do. So SAC has been a wonderful opportunity for me these past four years at school, and I, I'm really going to miss it. Well, I, I think your career in athletics is going to far out uh, outlast your time there at Montana State Billings. You're a well-spoken young man. You're certainly very passionate about intercollegiate athletics, and I know that your career, I know you're going into criminal justice, uh, at least that's your major, but uh, whatever you do, yeah. I, I feel very, uh, very, very confident in saying I think you're going to be a very big success. And, Kyle, thanks for your work with the SAC, the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, and uh, thanks for joining us tonight here on GNAC Insider. Thank you, Rob. You have a great rest of your evening. You you as well. Thank you. Kyle McLaughlin joining us tonight from Billings, Montana, as we now go around the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. The Alaska Anchorage Volleyball Team was named the GNAC Team of the Week after sweeping Central Washington and Northwest Nazarene. Junior middle blocker Kayla McLathery was named the GNAC Offensive Player of the Week after leading the Seawolves with 23 kills and 7 blocks in the two matches. In Olympia, Washington, Northwest Nazarene's Taylor Enneman won the St. Martin's Invitational with a score of 161 over two rounds. It was just the second time in program history that an NNU player has earned medalist honors and the second time in program history that NNU has won a team title. In Monmouth, Oregon, the Western Oregon football team dominated on both sides of the ball in a 51-14 route of Simon Frazier. The Wolves finished its first round of conference play with a 3-0 record standing alone atop the GNAC standings. Linebacker Jalen Parnell was named the Defensive Player of the Week, and kicker Andrew Gross was named the Special Teams Player of the Week. In Bellingham, Washington, the Western Washington soccer team topped Montana State Billings 8-0. Zoe Milburn tied the GNAC single-match record with four goals in that contest. Now, the record was just set by Northwest Nazarene's Ricky Myers back on September 14th. Milburn was named the GNAC Offensive Player of the Week. Also in Bellingham, Nick Morgan of the Western Washington men's soccer team scored on a header with just one second left on the clock to force overtime with St. Martins. The game eventually ended in a one-all tie. And staying in soccer, Simon Frazier's Matteo Polisi and William Raphael both scored hat tricks last week 
Raphael earned offensive honors for leading the Klan to two wins to start conference play. That's what happened around the GNAC last week. Taking a look ahead, joining us next on GNAC Insider, the Vice Chancellor of Student Affairs and Athletics at the University of Alaska, Keith Champagne, will join us when GNAC Insider resumes right after this timeout. Make sure to follow the GNAC on social media. Find us on Twitter and Facebook by searching GNAC Sports. And visit us on the web at GNACsports.com. GNAC Insider will be right back. Now is the perfect time to enjoy a romantic stay at the Coeur d'Alene Resort. Book a lake tower room with the cozy fireplace and world-class view of Lake Coeur d'Alene. Take advantage of Beverly's renowned wine cellar and five-star dining. Or enjoy the resort's many luxury amenities, including our award-winning spa, indoor pool, and fitness facility. You just can't beat the view from the Coeur d'Alene Resort. Packages start at just $189. To book your getaway, call or visit cdaresort.com. MSU Billings brought my future into focus. With over 100 academic options, the choice is clear. I chose health and human performance. Music and business. Math and physical sciences. Elementary education. Radiologic technology. MSUB offers more online courses than any institution in Montana. Professors make courses meaningful. My internship puts what I'm learning into motion. MSUB is the most affordable option in the region. Experience the MSUB Advantage. And back on GNAC Insider, it's my pleasure now to be joined by Keith Champagne, the Vice Chancellor for Student Affairs and Athletics at the University of Alaska. Keith, joining us from, are you in Fairbanks tonight, Keith? Yes, I'm in Fairbanks. I'll be in Ellensburg uh, visiting uh, relatives on uh, tomorrow, but I'm in Fairbanks today. Well, safe, uh, just ahead of that, safe travels tomorrow. One of the reasons we wanted to talk to you, uh, and there's so many things, good things going on there up in, in, in Fairbanks for the University of Alaska, but they include some administrative changes in Nanook Athletics. And again, you as the Vice Chancellor for Student Affairs and Athletics are driving some of these changes. I'd never heard it called this before, but there's a so-called Vanderbilt model of athletics that the, the University of Alaska has, has implemented there and made its own. What is the Vanderbilt model, Keith, and, and why was this the right thing to implement now at the University of Alaska? Well, it, the, the Vanderbilt model is essentially what uh, uh, Gordon Gee and David Williams II, the late great David Williams II, implemented at, at Vanderbilt University. And it was, it's a model that's designed to fully integrate the athletics department with academics and student affairs into the university community. And it's designed to find efficiencies and to create a highly functioning athletic department by developing coordinated, collaborative, cooperative uh, ventures and partnerships with other parts of the university. For example, we work closely with our university relations department, uh, fundraising and marketing, and we don't have that full capacity or that amount of staff within the athletics department. So we've, we've looked for ways where we could collaborate and really get, get our brand out to, to uh, produce more uh, media releases and more feature stories on athletics. And we've also looked at 
working with dining services, uh, university housing, and finding those efficiencies in ways we can cooperate and collaborate with other areas of the university. One, it helps the athletic brand, and also it helps us to look at our holistic student-athlete development. You talk about kind of maximizing resources university-wide up there. Uh, my hunch would be that that is being embraced by by other uh, by other areas of the university. Is that is that is that the case? A- absolutely. We we've worked with the Department of Music. Uh, we've worked with uh, 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 the recreation area, dining services, uh, catering services on campus, because everybody wants to have a great relationship with athletics. And for a long time the athletics department was kind of siloed off to the side doing his own thing, and we have won real support from people across the campus. And we have worked closely with the provost and academic affairs to look at how do we connect athletics and academic affairs, connecting athletics and student affairs. And people have just embraced the model, Rob, and I've been uh, – elated and very pleased and grateful about how people are rallied around and develop ownership in the athletic program. And that's what we were trying to do because unlike other places I've been, people here, because it's a major research university and us being here in Alaska and the type of programs we have, as you know, most of our programs are winter sports. And so just getting people to understand what athletics is about, how it connects with academic affairs, student affairs and business affairs and other areas of the university. It's just been a win-win all around for everybody involved in athletics. You know, they they have the old adage that uh, a rising tide lifts all boats. And and I do think that probably the other areas of campus certainly see a, a benefit as well as being part of the, of the Nanox brand. I don't think there's any question about that. Is there? No, 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 not at all. And, and in fact, it's been great for us with the community also in looking at ways we can partner with the community. And with this model, our goal was to integrate athletics into the university, Fairbanks, and surrounding community. We don't have a lot of major programs here. We don't have any professional teams. So we are the only sports brand besides the Junior Hockey League, the Ice Dogs. And so what we want to do is get our program out into community, be involved in community engagement, and connect with uh, the elementary schools, middle schools, and really uh, showcase our program as a community-oriented program and a family-oriented program. Now, I'm, we're talking with Keith Champagne, Vice Chancellor for Student Affairs and Athletics at the University of Alaska. I, w- I want you to, to switch gears a little bit, though I, I do think these things dovetail. How does what we've talked about with the Vanderbilt model play into this rule, the North strategic plan that, that's being uh, unveiled to the public there in Fairbanks? Right. What, what we wanted to do is we haven't had a long-term plan. So we came up last uh, beginning of the fall semester with five strategic goals. And so we've taken those five goals and we, 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 uh, our goal in terms of ruling the North, we're the most Northern NCAA uh, program and GNAC program in our conference. And so we, you know, our athletes feel that they're part of this North, they're part of this Arctic Alaskan climate and and uh, environment. So we wanted that slogan. Now, what the plan is really called, is called the Nanook Way, and it's our five-year strategic plan so we can look at what do we want to accomplish over the next five years. 
And part of this model, with this Vanderbilt model, is we, we redistribute the funds that we had previous for the athletic department, our athletic director's position, and we, we hired uh, a person for corporate sponsorship, and we have a new person who's doing community engagement, marketing, and fan engagement. And so we redirected that money to maximize our approach in terms of fundraising. And one goal we want to do with that is to create a 501c3 athletic association to drive our fundraising side of intercollegiate athletics because, as, as, as you know, we have received a disinvestment of state money into athletics. So we want to look at how do we expand and developing a, a fundraising model that will allow us to be highly functioning and to raise money in different ways than we previously have done here in Fairbanks. Well, Keith, our time has gone by much, much too fast. I want to wish you a lot of success uh, when you get this uh, this Vanderbilt model, which maybe someday will be called the Alaska model, uh, fully ingrained up there. Uh, I know you're the right guy to, to lead the charge. Students have always been top of mind for you, and I know that uh, that is the case up there as you as you lead the uh, the well both. As we mentioned, with your title, says it all, Vice Chancellor for Student Affairs and Athletics up there at the University of Alaska. I hope uh, you and I have the opportunity to, to say hi to each other when you're back down here visiting soon. And uh, you have an open invitation to join us anytime you want to here on GNAC Insider. And thank you, Rob, and it's great to hear your voice again. We'll talk to you soon. That's Keith Champagne joining us tonight from up in Fairbanks, Alaska, as we go now and take a look at what's happening this week in the GNAC. Well, around the entire GNAC, and we talked about this a little bit earlier on tonight's GNAC Insider, member institutions are showing appreciation to game officials in all sports through recognition efforts, including such things as public address announcements, social media posts, and other expressions of gratitude, all part of a D2-wide effort to bring attention to the critical shortage of officials throughout amateur sports while promoting the benefits and the rewards of officiating by implementing a national recruiting effort within D2. Well, men's and women's golf both wrapped up play at the Concordia Invitational this afternoon down in Portland, Oregon. The men were playing at the Columbia Edgewater Country Club, while the women participated at the Riverside Country Club event. In Ellensburg, Washington, the Central Washington volleyball team is hosting Northwest Nazarene in the only GNAC competition tonight, want you to tune in after the show, and you can do so and follow the action at GNACsports.com. Also in Ellensburg, the Central Washington football team will host Azusa Pacific in the only GNAC game of the week coming up Saturday. Simon Frazier will head to Dixie State, while Western Oregon will look to extend its winning streak to four games at Texas A&M Kingsville. In Burnaby, British Columbia, the Simon Frazier men's soccer team will look to stay undefeated in GNAC play as the Klan plays host to Concordia on Thursday night. In Bellingham, Washington, eight GNAC cross-country teams will compete at the Western Washington Classic on Saturday. That'll be at the Sudden Valley Golf Course. Well, this reminder, for the latest in the GNAC, you can always go to GNACsports.com to find news, stats, standings, and so much more. Also, connect with the GNAC through social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GNAC Sports. We'll wrap up tonight's GNAC Insider. We will do so immediately after this timeout. The University of Alaska Fairbanks. People come here from all over the world in search of something extraordinary. What they find is the ultimate true-to-life learning experience, where scientists find a never-ending data pool in every direction. 
where artists have no want for inspiration, where seekers become scholars and discoveries are made in the here and now. The possibility of greatness is closer than you think. The University of Alaska Fairbanks, naturally inspiring. Welcome back to GNAC Insider, the show that takes you inside the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Now, here's your host, Rob Lowry. Well, this has been a very, very entertaining program tonight. I hope you've enjoyed it. I want to say thank you to our guests tonight, Debbie Williamson, talking about her player-to-referee program. Also to Daniel Calderon-Hernandez, GNAC intern, trying to implement some of those program elements into the GNAC. Thanks to Kyle McLaughlin, Montana State Billings track and field standout for his work on the Student Athlete Advisory Committee, and thanks to Keith Champagne, Vice Chancellor for Student Affairs and Athletics at the University of Alaska, for talking to us about the Fairbanks model they have going on up there now in Fairbanks. Thanks to you for joining us as well. Thanks to our producer, Kaho Akau, and also to Commissioner Dave Hagland. We will talk to you next Tuesday, 7 p.m., for our next edition of GNAC Insider. Until then, I'm Robert Lowry saying so long for now. to GNAC Insider, an update on the NCAA's Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Remember to follow the GNAC through social media. To find us on Facebook or Twitter, search GNAC Sports and locate us on the web at GNACsports.com. GNAC Insider is a production of the Great Northwest Athletic Conference. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.